0: Talk about anything but the biggest thing mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about was sort of comparing um our how we produce shows like,
1: approach yeah
0: yeah especially because we know so many people who are either intimidated or they just don't know where to start
1: yes exactly. and
0: so you know and they seem a bit lost and I would yep. just be like, I don't think I have the right recipe or you have the right recipe, but yeah. I know that. But I would be curious to hear if how what we have in common, what's different. Totally. And also, I figure people could be like, OK, I could take a little bit about, about uh, what, you know, yeah. John's doing a little bit of what more or whatever. You know, people will hopefully like get something out of it in case they want to put totally. on their own shows. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. I love that. Let's start with. um. We've both done multiple shows, uh, produced multiple cabaret slash concert type shows at multiple venues in New York City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess, what, um, I don't know, where where do you usually start with the whole process? Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, this is actually great because I, um, I'm actually helping Megan Dwinell as we speak with her show. I've been helping her for Perfect. the last like six months. Organize her show because just like you said, she didn't know where to start. She knew she wanted to do her own show. with something on her mind for a really long time. She did not know where to begin. And so I've literally kind of helped her step by step from the beginning, starting yeah. like about six months ago. Um, so it's funny that we're doing this right now. It's a really good timing because it's really fresh in my mind. Um
0: and I'm excited I... to see the show next week, by the way. I'll oh, be, it's
1: going to be I'll be so there, good. yeah. Me too. I'm excited. I'm excited to see you there. Unfortunately, gonna it's it. going
0: to have, or, by the time this episode comes out, it will have, the show will already, already happen, so we that's can't, okay. but, but anyways, that's okay. yeah. otherwise we could be like, everyone go, but. um.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, but yeah, that's so... all right. Um, uh, I think you're right. I think like a lot of artists and performers um, want to do a project of a one person show or cabaret yeah. and they love the idea of it, but it, it, it's very, it can be really daunting and overwhelming.
0: Yeah.
1: Cause there are just so many factors at play that you're not used to. Like when you're, when you're producing something, you're wearing a million different hats you're creating, mm-hmm. you're like coming up with an idea it, and it needs to make sense and it needs to have a point. Yeah. And, um, it, it just I think that people get really stressed and overwhelmed with all the all the elements that are that are involved, that they're not used to having to think about, you know, usually we just get cast in a show and they tell us where to go and what to do We're like, OK, yeah. we'll see you there. Yep. Um, but I remember there's a girl, this awesome girl who I went to school with, who's actually a few years younger than me, um, named Emily K. Schrader. I think she might have been a freshman when I was a senior. She's so talented and really nice and super smart. And I remember years ago, she put on her own show at 54 Below. And I remember being so impressed with that. So I actually went to her years and years ago before I started working at Ellen's or anything. Because I wanted to pick her brain. I was like, I'm so interested in what you did. And I think it's amazing. And can, can you just... I just took her out for coffee and we had a chat.
0: Yeah.
1: And she she gave me a lot of really great insight and a lot of really great advice and we started with the venue and um she said and she was right about this she was like i could not believe how easy it was to get in touch with these venues and of course yep there's you know you think they're so like special and important and like what when when are they ever going to consider looking at my email and that's just not at mm-hmm. all the case a it's business. just
0: send an email and they'll get back to you probably That's within twenty four hours. Yeah,
1: it's literally that simple. Yeah. Um, just like she said, um, she just picked a bunch of venues. You know, um, the, the ones that come to mind. Uh, I want to say most frequently in New York City are like Fifty Four Below, Green Room Forty Two, the Duplex, Don't Tell Mama,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, Lori Beachman.
0: Yep um also i've
1: always wanted yeah the one that
0: i always try and push out there to people is the birdland theater
1: which is their base
0: it's their basement venue or it's a venue that they converted their basement into it is amazing it opened up Mm -hmm. like six months before covid happened and uh but I tell everyone, try and book something there if you can. I've never booked anything there, but I think it would be an amazing venue.
1: Ah, uh, I think I've seen videos and I mean, I've, I've obviously heard about it a million times, but that's one that I haven't, I've never been there and I haven't ventured in there. But another place that I have seen one thing at that I, I've always wanted to produce a show at is Le Poisson Rouge downtown.
0: Mm-hmm. I've never been, but I, a- yeah.
1: So cool. I think you'd really like it. It's a really cool spot. Also, the triad where you produce Kristen's show is really yep. cool. Yep. And um and then what's the other one downtown that has like multiple stages? They're different size stages.
0: Uh oh, you're talking about Rockwood. Maybe Rockwood, well, yeah. You might and that's getting into more of like concert world, you know, which is an interesting yeah. part of all of this where each mm-hmm. venue is, I mean, it's really different. Like Triad is like, it's it's kind of in an in-between space of cabaret versus slash theater, because they do right. they have had off-Broadway shows produced in yeah. that venue. Um, yeah. another venue that is not talked a lot about is Carlisle Cafe. Mm. I believe it's that. I don't know that. that it's, it's um uh, without knowing too much about it my impression is that it's like a more it's like a small cabaret for rich people where like you know okay maybe Sutton Foster would do a set and like you oh, know you know maybe people, you know, maybe people exactly spend a hundred dollars I
1: think I saw Megan Hilty there years
0: ago that would make sense that would she would yeah. be the type of person who would perform there where it's, it's like kind part of, of like a. I hotel a, I think so yeah yeah I, I've been there yeah I think I get the impression that it's uh, I get the impression it's like a, um a it's kind of like 54 below, but it's like a little bit less right in the mix of everything going yeah. on. So it's like a premium right. spot, but yeah.
1: Little hot, more high-end exclusive.
0: Like, yeah, a- I mean, I think they're probably a little bit more selective where they would be yeah. like, they want, Um, and actually uh, I randomly see stuff like, uh, I think, I think, you know, there might be celebrities who have done cabarets there. Um, yeah. So not necessarily Broadway stars, but it could be like a reality mm-hmm. star who might do do something yeah. like more glamorous. Whereas I don't think they have all the same type of programming that 54 Below has where, you know, 54 Below will do those like Taylor Swift Night or Glee or, you know. Right. Uh, right. Or, you totally. know, they, more of the like bubblegum mainstream pop mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm um as well we'll have Tony award winners do cabarets there but
1: yeah
0: um and man I feel like we could talk we could talk for five hours I know we're just
1: going on and on I'm
0: I was because I'm thinking about what I think about all these all these venues like all these venues I'm thinking about stuff um do you have a favorite venue just overall What or okay. actually, that's a loaded question because there's so many scenarios. What would be exactly what would be the venue you would recommend to someone doing their first cabaret? Let's let's start with that because I have my answer. To okay, that.
1: yes. Well, I want to say I'm actually between two. Okay, um, uh, I really so the first one that I did was my 30th birthday show, and that was the duplex, mm-hmm. and I really really loved having that be my first experience Mm -hmm. because it's super accessible yep it's 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 very um open to all kinds of people with all Mm -hmm. kinds of backgrounds and experiences and like levels of like uh you know background and it's very intimate and small, which I liked because I felt like it was a little bit less intense and overwhelming and daunting yeah. to tackle. It, it seats like 70, I think.
0: Yep. Well, it, um, uh, unless I think they changed it post COVID and now it's like 55 maybe.
1: Okay. Yeah. That sounds right.
0: That sounds yeah. right.
1: Without, without those little tables and the little chairs, like, yeah. You know, now it's kind of, but yeah, um, they were so helpful. Yeah. And, and it felt a little bit more like family owned mm-hmm. in a way. Yep. And this guy Thomas is—I don't know if he's still the—I mean, he was last year, but he helped me with both of my shows: my thirtieth birthday and then the one I did last year with Johnny Byrne, my my thirty-third birthday thing. Yeah. Um. He was the point person, and he's so thorough, nice, yeah. friendly, helpful. He's really great at communicating. He gets back to you very quickly. And then when you come in with your stuff, he helps you set it up. He's, he like, I, and then I felt so comfortable there. It didn't feel quite as intimidating um, as a a bigger venue might. Um, I just felt like it was, it was very doable. And for like, it was very good to be hands-on for a person doing it for the first time. So I think that would maybe be my...
0: Yeah, okay. I I couldn't agree with you more. I tell everyone yeah. that's always always start there. And it's unfortunate because yeah. so many people like talk shit about that place. And I'm just like
1: I know And it's so
0: unwarranted. It's so unwarranted. It's like
1: there's a reason it's been around forever. It's historical and yeah, it's it's special. That place is really special. It has such yes. character and it's so unique. It's in such a great area. I just I can't say enough good things about the duplex.
0: Yeah. It's also, it's you know, interestingly enough, I remember doing, uh, when I was really in the, the thick of it and producing a lot, um, I did like, um, I remember fi- finding out about all the different fees and like, t- you know, ticket yeah. structures. And that's something we can talk about too. Cause yeah. you know, money is important. Um, but I remember doing a spreadsheet and like, I made this whole graph and stuff and it was like, if you did the same show at different venues, like what's the point you break even on your money? Cause that's a huge thing. Yeah. Um, and the easiest place to make your money back is the duplex by a Without lot, a by a landslide. Yes. The other place it's and and to also point out on the other end of the spectrum, in terms of like the main places, uh like 54 below is very hard it's very expensive you you like and we could talk about the benefits of that place because that that's i think that's a different strategy if you're going there but um Mm -hmm. but yeah it it just i agree i know i had
1: i had the exact same experience when i started doing research you know that like like i said going back to what emily k schrader told me um she said just start writing your emails yeah put together kind of like package send them a little blurb of who you are what mm-hmm. you do where you came from what your vision is what your idea is just you know loosely send them your headshot resume some videos let them know who you are and they'll and tell them the dates that you're interested in exactly what it is and they'll get back to you within t- within 24 hours and they all did maybe with the exception of one maybe but i was so shocked at how quick quickly they responded and how they just oh how's this date for you or like yep yeah, we've got this seven 30 mm-hmm. slot available for you. I'm so amazed that it was that easy. And it, and then once you've got, that's what I told Megan when I was kind of sharing my yeah wisdom with her was just pick, reach out to the venues, set a date. And then once you've got your date then it's set, and it's yeah. the books, and now you have to commit yeah. and we'll go from there, you know, yeah. like, because otherwise you'll push it off and you'll put it off and you'll, wait until later and mm-hmm. until it never happens and when you have the date in the calendar you're kind of forced to finally be like okay this is really happening yeah um which i think is really helpful but um i remember doing the same research emailing all these uh different venues and comparing and contrasting the the finances and duplex was also such a no-brainer it was it, it's also you know, the most it,
0: transparent, I yes. would say. because like, yes. um, what's it called? First of all, a little I'll, I'll add on to what you said when i when I first emailed all the venues because and that's what, yep. okay, shout out to the audience. First thing you do, email all the venues. I did even less than what you said. I just said, hey, this is my name. i'm th- I'm looking to produce a show at sure. one of the venues in New York City. And do you have any information about what it takes to put on a show at your venue? And that's oh, when, wow. like, at the duplex, they have, like, the pre-made email where they just say, yep, yeah. I'll forward you this long page. It has everything you could possibly ask.
1: Right. It's and, so thorough. And
0: everything there is 100% accurate. I've had other venues. um, So there's a couple. So I'm, I don't want to uh, drift too far apart into three different yeah. topics. First thing. Yeah. My emails were even simpler is the first thing I'll say. I did have one venue uh green room 42 was like, well, who who's performing? Like that was imp- they wanted to, like they didn't sure. respond with any information. They're like, well, who ah. it was sort of like tell tell us more before we tell you more.
1: Sure, sure, sure.
0: And uh and then it, there might have been um actually there were a couple venues that took a little bit more work. But the main ones mm-hmm. of duplex I mean duplex and 54 below got back to me uh don't tell mama got back to me really quick. But I was able to ultimately I got the information from everyone. Lori Beachman got back to me right away. But going back to the money thing, so first of mm-hmm. all, everyone listening, you can do it. You just email them. Just email them. The second thing, yes. uh the money um what's just uh, something that is First of all, I'm pretty sure I know the fee structures for all those main venues. And um, one one thing that I appreciate, appreciate about the duplex where it's transparent is mm-hmm. I had one venue that I was in talks with at one point where everything was like, basically everything was set up. It was like, okay, these are the fees, blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. And it was like time to sign. And then, uh, I'll, I'll just not say who the venue was, but then it was time to sign and they're like, okay, yeah. So when we print your check, we'll give you your cut of 75% of the total and I'll get 25% as the booking agent. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. I've never even heard of that.
0: Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. And so it's still, yeah. So I'll what leave that. I'll leave that story there <laughs> without right. revealing what that venue was. Um, but
1: listeners, that's
0: not normal. <laughs> yeah, it was. It. it yeah. Um,
1: that's not good. That's not it, right. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think if I want to say these venue names, but. <laughs> um. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll not say it for right now, but it was just sort okay. of like what uh that should have been set up front oh and then yeah, the other shocking. the other thing was when I would so I'll just say it was the triad really it was the triad because Wait, there's more to- you ended
1: up going through with it
0: yeah so there's more to the story so I talked him down to he, he was like oh okay oh you're not gonna do it okay well we'll do 10 percent. because because I think and and to be fair the the what the fee structure ultimately started like what the end result was was not far off from the fee structure of green room 42 or 54 54 below below or birdland theater or laurie beachman Mm -hmm. to be fair Mm -hmm. the end result wasn't different Mm -hmm. but what caught me off guard was i didn't know it up front it was like right before it was time to sign and then the other thing the other thing side note um I didn't, there was, uh, when I got paid, there was a credit card fee. T- there was like 5% taken out, which for, you know, if you're getting, wow. th- yeah, if you're getting, I mean, it's like, if you're, so think about it. If I think, you know, the ticket revenue for those shows was 1200 to $1,500 or something like that. So that's like 60 yeah. to $70 that they're just like, oh yeah, we need to, you know, it's like, those yeah. are little, those are just, it, it's like, That was just something to look at. I learned from that where it's just like, you have to ask for this stuff up front and be like, is there Mm -hmm. anything else that I need to know? I need to know everything because on their side of things, they probably think this stuff is obvious right? because they have so many shows being churned through there where they're just like, well, obviously there's a percentage fee all the other venues except the duplex does that. They're probably thinking, obviously, we have to take out credit card processing fee. It's like, well, yeah, but yeah. I, <laughs> I did a whole budget for my show based on what I was initially told. And now I have to go back and see if it's actually viable for me to continue. It yeah. was like it I, it was at kind of at the point of no return. And I, I was able to negotiate with them. But like, but well, not with the credit card fee. The credit card fee was just like, all right, here's your money. Minus... <laughs> it was just
1: like, all right, well, wow, that's wild. I mean, I guess. It is a night. It is a nicer venue than I don't know. I guess i You know the do du- I. I understand that the duplex is old, but like I like it. I like that it has that charm to it. Oh, yeah. I think it. I love that sense of intimacy. Um, it's it. I love the feel of that 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 atmosphere. It's so wholesome in a way, yeah. you know. And and I feel like that the intimacy adds to this atmosphere of just sort of like.
0: A thousand percent. All
1: theater togetherness, you know, and um,
0: and then the show ends, and you walk out, and there's a bar right there, and there's and like there's a bar right there, and then there's a piano yeah. bar downstairs, and then you're in the West Village, and it's like
1: I mean, to me, it's just magical. It really is. It's so yeah. classic New York. Um, yeah. and I remember, I just thought of this while you were talking. I remember the the thing is that if you if you as long as you sell out, um your show yeah you you then don't have to give them a cut at all right yeah the yeah.
0: duplex has a sliding scale so like they have right. changed it you know everyone's prices went up post-covid so yeah. the last time I saw the numbers for the duplex was probably four or five or six months ago when I was trying to yeah. get Krampus going there okay and So I think at the time the fee started at like, like $125, which is like nothing compared to these other venues. And then, yeah, then there's like three tiers where it's like, if you get 40 people in buying drinks, then we, you know, cut it in half or whatever, whatever. And then if you sell out, the fee is zero because they're making enough money on to them on drinks.
1: Right. Which is amazing. Right. Yes, exactly. And they let you set the ticket prices. They like which that's also- another thing,
0: yeah, the, the mm-hmm. uh, they compared to what I've heard with like green room and and what a <clears throat> excuse me, um and like at the triad, you know, yeah, you're in control of your the like ticket system at the duplex at the duplex you can like see like you can log in anytime and see who bought a ticket and their name it's so good you have so much information
1: it's so true it's it's so user friendly which is so great for somebody who is just starting and is doing this for the first time it feels like a beginner's venue you know
0: yeah i think at the triad uh sorry go ahead
1: no, that's, I was just going to okay. say we
0: agree on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think at the triad, I think I got a printout of the ticket sales at the end. So I think I'd still ended up, I could be wrong about that. Or maybe there was also a point where I emailed someone and checked in and I was able to ask, like, how are the ticket sales doing? But I had to email someone, you know, where's the duplex? Yes. You just, you're not waiting on exactly. anyone. I could check it right now if I wanted.
1: Yep. You're in control. I know, I love that i i also did produce a show at green 42 which i did like and i would do again and probably will do again mm-hmm. but it was a different experience it, it it's not quite as accessible like you said it's a little yeah. bit like less hands-on it's like there's a middleman who has way more control over the whole thing than you do yeah
0: um
1: you just have less say in stuff um that being said the the venue is gorgeous it's yeah. undeniably really cool it's a beautiful spacious size it's a nice layout um the lighting is great the sound is particularly good yeah um as compared with some other venues especially i've so many people um have have complained about the sound at 54 below it does seem to be not the best
0: i've heard that um mostly from the performers on stage yeah in the audience i I haven't noticed that but yeah yeah i'm not surprised it's a weird shape
1: it is yeah exactly but um yeah in green room 42 they also helped put together a graphic for me which i liked i think they do that at 54 below too Mm. but um but yeah so i think like green room 42 in my opinion was a good sort of second step yeah um but yeah that so yeah venue long story short is step
0: one yeah you know one thing i'll just to throw some other stuff out there um i will say for people listening that one thing i've heard to be aware of is some venue well I've heard about Green Room 42, particularly with one person individual changing dates for people and not to talk shit, but it's happened to multiple of my friends. And so that's why I stopped. Like, I probably would not personally produce something there. Just because I've had multiple people tell me that they had a show booked planned yeah. they had printed posters with the dates on them and then the day they got bumped for a bigger act like you know someone on broadway or some or tony win or something like that they said oh we have someone more popular coming in you get a new date now and then they had to reprint all their posters they had to rehire the band because the band did not have you know they were available for that day and not another day um and oh, i've heard that fair. happen with two two good friends of mine uh, so I know a lot of people love going there. I go there as an audience member, I go to support my friends. But mm-hmm. I would, <laughs> if anyone is not a Tony Award winner, I would just like proceed with caution personally, just based, yeah, based on what I've heard. Um, wow, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. that's not good because, like, yeah, you and I both know how much time and energy it's so tricky to have to navigate everybody's schedules band, and band members and performers that is the worst part it's so hard to coordinate schedules and it takes a ton of time and patience and so to have to rebook like all the musicians that's a nightmare
0: that's i would nightmare. i would if that ever happened to me i would absolutely lose my shit i would just yeah. i don't even know like i would i would fix it but then i would just <laughs> uh um Anyway, that's so
1: stressful yeah yeah. especially hate that as like a first time or two it's like it's already stressful enough yeah so then have the date be pulled away to reschedule it and have to start from scratch like oh god that's really discouraging
0: yeah and what i mean and think think of all the logistical nightmares so imagine you had to rehire your band if i'm the one who can no longer do the new date I may have turned down other work because I was already committed to your project. There's so many things where so many people get fucked by that, that it's just not, that's uh, that's why that's
1: not, cool.
0: but I don't think it's the venue from what I hear. It's not the venue. It's a person who did that. So I don't
1: like that. That's not
0: good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that person is still there, but
1: Mm. yeah, that's not good. Not cool, man.
0: No. Um, so, and let me think. So people can email, they can find out the money situations just to give like a little insight. I don't know if this is, I don't know for sure, but what I've heard secondhand about um, green room is it's like a 40% off the top of tickets. Yeah, That's their fee. And then I believe Birdland Theater is 40% as well. Um, They have like a $10 minimum. So you have like, but that's not like for guests. Like, But I don't think that's a problem because most people will buy like one drink or something. And then I believe... lori beachman used to be semi-decent it was like a flat it was similar to the triad where it was i think it's like a flat fee of like 200 250 300 and then they get like 20 percent or something like that that's just to give people insight so you have to like do a lot of math uh yeah and is that and then last but not least um don't tell mama is (laughs) it could be different this could all these numbers could be different which is why people should Mm -hmm. email them but yeah. I remember Don't Tell Mama was basically the same, a very similar pay structure to um, the duplex. But at at least as of a couple of years ago, on top of that, they would also take like $3 per ticket. Oh, geez. Yeah. So it was just like, <laughs> why would I do it here over the yeah. duplex? I would right, love right. to do something there because it's so iconic. But um, yeah, yeah.
1: I remember also... This is becoming like a duplex ad, <laughs> but
0: they but are the best.
1: They're the best, and again, it's just been such like such positive experiences. Both times I did the shows there, we just got our money that night. I yeah, think we were like, "Here, here's your money, done." Whereas with Green Room Forty Two, I remember having to wait a while for the check and mm. having to follow up a lot, and it 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 wasn't. It made me nervous, even though like that money i was donating that money anyway but it still it it wasn't a good feeling to want the money the
0: whole not actually the the duplex actually to be fair i think you don't get you you don't get the credit card sales that night you get cash sales that night because i've i've gotten oh
1: that makes sense i remember getting checks
0: from uh purple pass what they use
1: okay we did you're right you're absolutely right I but that, that I was too. always right to,
0: on time like within a week it was, it was just like you got it yeah
1: it was very efficient yeah everything everything was like times the duplex rocks okay yeah. <laughs>
0: <That's->
1: <laughs> um here's what i like to. if you i like to talk about this is like my next sort of trajectory yeah when Approaching a strategy of doing a show I do venue first and then I like to tackle the band just because we yep. said like that it's hard to nail down musicians musicians are constantly having to cobble together their their work lives it's just gig after gig after gig um so I've been really lucky I've gotten a lot of friends to give me super solid recommendations uh on some awesome musicians in the industry and there are so many of them and the world is so small that everybody knows everybody and even if somebody that you want to play an instrument in your show can't they will usually refer you to somebody else like I'm not available that date but my friend John is here's their number he's great I highly recommend him um so yeah that that is always my second thing is like book the date, get the date set in the calendar, and then immediately start to email and reach out to your musicians and say, here's the date. Can you do it? You,
0: you know what though? I Not to th- throw a curveball. I I realized that the first thing I actually do is the budget before a venue because the picking the venue plays yeah. into that. Is that true for so you too? Right. It so is. Like, I just be, kind
1: of forgot about that.
0: No, I forgot about <laughs> it because I wanted to talk about venues first because that's where I think you know, that's one of the more interesting things, but, um, but when I was, when we were talking about, um, these venue fees, it made me think like, oh yeah. And then I have to do a whole budget. And then like, like, I mean, I, I, I know what I think about, but what, how do you approach all that?
1: Yeah. So yes. yes, yes, no, it's true. Um, actually so the the first time I put a show on it was by myself mm-hmm. and um my main it was a very small amount of band members um and the main person involved was my friend Garrett Taylor who had I'd worked with a bunch he's he's music directed me and I've taken lessons with him and so I reached out to him before honestly before anything mm-hmm. um Cause I wanted to know, are you interested slash would you be available potentially to help me out with this? Cause again, it was the first one I'd ever done and I really needed help and guidance. Yeah. And so he said yes. And, um, he and I talked about budget and that, and he was like the person getting the most money because he was doing the most work. Mm -hmm. And then, um, the rest of the bandmates, I, I just kind of just allotted a certain amount of money for them. Um, and then moving forward, the the other few people that I produce shows with Marissa, Shannon, and Johnny, the we would have conversations before before moving forward with any plans about. All right, let's talk budget. If yeah. we have this amount of band members, how much can we offer them? Yeah. Can we like usually? I tend to pay the music director slash pianist a little more because sure. they're having to do a lot. Um, of logistical stuff and organizing and uh, putting stuff together, um, and I I think it depends. I think like there have been times when I've paid the music director like two hundred bucks, mm-hmm. um, and the other musician's hundred dollars. There I think there have been shows where I've done given the music director only a hundred bucks and given the other musicians like fifty dollars, which is mm-hmm. so low paying, but almost every single one of my shows has been for charity and so yeah. usually people n- understand that and yep. um they see it as exp- an opportunity for exposure at a good venue you get some footage and really good pictures which it, are good for business-wise on your social media account just to show like i'm working and i'm playing so um and the 50 dollars is all, almost like here we're we're uh yeah
0: what's it
1: called you know it's it's almost just
0: a like it's something to cover like
1: yeah travel costs
0: it's like travel maybe you had to take an uber you know this could cover some drinks at the bar you know it's right. just it's something exactly. it, it, like you don't yeah it's something to just yeah give them yeah
1: and you know what like as an actor artist myself i've done a ton of concerts and readings um, where I've literally just gotten an envelope of $50 and it's like, you know, just, and, and I understand too. And, and I appreciate the experience and the opportunity and that's just kind of par for the course. So, yeah, um, money has, it's, it's worked out people, people generally like really understand. And if they need more, they'll ask for it. You know, it'll be a conversation. You'll negotiate, you have private conversations with all of your musicians. Um, so that's been my experience with that.
0: So you know one thing I you're making me think about is cuz I I I haven't produced a concert for a while. I kind of stopped cuz I started focusing on other stuff. Um yeah. Like my I've focused on my own stuff rather than producing something for someone else. But I remember the first thing I used to do when I would talk to a performer is I would explain to them that my one of my big agendas is to um make a a show that at least like you know, I want to at least break even and if possible make some money. Yeah. Um for my time. Like because everyone else is getting paid. I would like to get paid too, right. you know, obviously, right. but I, I'll, you know, I'll be the last to get paid essentially. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the way I kind of explain that too is, you know, I'm doing I'm doing it for the financial skills because ultimately as you get bigger and bigger, if you Mm -hmm. produce a Broadway show and it doesn't make money, then it closes and everyone's out of a job. Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. the same with any, like you look at any artistic project, like these TV shows that get canceled, it boils down to, are they bringing in money or not? So if you want to make stuff that you love, figure out a way to make it profitable and you'll be able to do it for ever and ever and ever. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing I do, and then because of that, people don't realize how expensive it is when these things add up. Like even the co- like if you're going to print posters and like you just start tacking on fifty dollars here and a hundred dollars here, and it adds up. And then you know I I've had a few conversations photographers,
1: with, yeah, videographers. that's a,
0: that's that's an important thing now. I never used to do that because I used to tell them I like the footage like as the investor um yeah like if you want footage like that is something separate you should set up you should hire someone you should pay someone but that's not part of the production that i'm making you know Uh um that's what i used to say about that and then i would often try and bring a camera and just record my by myself if i if that helps them um that's a whole other thing, though, because yes, everyone should now uh, in hindsight, everyone should record every single thing they do. Um, yeah. But what was I was going to say so. Sorry, we,
1: I interrupted you. Yeah. You no. explain to the, all the performers, like everything little thing is expensive, the posters.
0: Well, and then uh, I would have a budget printed out because the the number one, the first thing that would always come up in conversation is the size of the band, because people would be yes. like, people would be like. Well, they want like a 10-piece band, and I'm like, yeah. we're gonna have a piano and a backup singer. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> I would be like, this is how much it costs. And um usually there was some debate with that. Um and yeah. and it's tough because there's no easy way to say like explain it, but there's like this dance in terms of how much are you how much money are you willing to risk? What do you think the break even is gonna be? Like, and that's dependent on like how well a show does is dependent on the venue so for example yeah. if it's at the duplex i'll make it's easier to make my money back but are there going to be people who don't want to go down to the west village and so i'll sell less tickets versus if it was yeah. at you know green room 42 it's close it's closer yeah. to everyone
1: or midtown yeah mm-hmm.
0: also the cost of a ticket like yeah if if you know if uh if I charge $10 a ticket, um, yeah. I need to like will I need to sell out the venue in order to get my money back versus if I charge twenty dollars a ticket, then I only need, you know, 40 people to show yeah. up. And how like when it's like it's hard for someone to do it for themselves, I'm sure, but for me, it's like, you know, how many people are gonna show up to see Francesca? Mm-hmm. How many people are gonna show up to see Kristen? <laughs> and there, yeah. that is a huge thing too. I would I would usually actually, now that I'm speaking it out loud. I would usually kind of start with that sort of brainstorming of how, like, what will the ticket revenue probably Like,
1: realistically.
0: Be? Yeah. And then, yeah. actually, it's all coming back to me now. That is what I would usually go for as sort of my break-even because I'd be like, I'm okay if I don't make money, but I want, mm-hmm. or no, 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 sorry. I would usually start at that number. And then um, the other thing I'll say real, real quick is that, whatever number of people like if you ask a performer and say how many people do you think will show up and they say 50 the real Uh numbers the real numbers 25 to 30 because a bunch of those people are going to get sick or have something on the same night or you know or they're just (laughs) they're not as good a friend as you thought they were yeah um so that's the so you have to figure out what the real number is and that's where i set the budget from like i I think i can like I, I think I can count on 50 people paying 20 bucks. So I have a budget of a thousand dollars and I'll break even and I won't lose money. That's usually where I would start uh, with the numbers. And then, um, yeah, <laughs> going all over the place, but yeah. So, and then going, no, back I to know the, it's yeah, I, but that's how it's, why okay. it's hard.
1: Yes. And when you combine, yes. Cause. Okay. So when I, like I said, my first show, I had my pianist, who was the main guy. Yeah. And then I had a little drummer and a guitar guy. I'm pretty sure that was the whole shebang. And it was awesome because there wasn't so much coordinating and it, it worked out really nicely. Um, but then when I did Woman Crush Wednesday, which was a massive learning experience for yeah. so many reasons... It wasn't like it was a total failure. I mean, I raised, I sold out. I raised like $2,000 for charity. It was a great time. I think people mm-hmm. really enjoyed it and had fun. There were a lot of good things that came out of that. But I learned a lot because a lot, I would not, not do a lot of the same things again. Okay. One of those things is that I... For some reason, you know, the whole idea was all women celebrating women. I wanted to have as many women involved as possible, which meant um female photographer, which was awesome and I do not regret at all. Um, obviously all female performers and an all female band. And because I wanted as many people as possible involved, I insisted upon a nine piece band. Yeah. Insane. That's insane. In- retrospect a <laughs> trumpet a flute a cello a violin i mean it went on it was like yeah. what the hell am i thinking i had a full <laughs> fucking orchestra on the stage of brain 42 there was no room for them it was it was truly insane yeah. <laughs> like it was just an explosion of instruments on stage and like between the money thing like you said that adds up that's a lot of yeah. people to pay And the, again, the coordinating schedules, fucking nightmare.
0: Uh, That must be awful.
1: I mean, plus the like 20 performers I had, that was really hard and messy. It was a mess. The show ended up being messy. It was fun and fine. And I don't regret it. I just like, there were things I would have changed looking back. Like I would not have done nine musicians. I, I will never do that again in my mind it was going to be this magical thing and it was yeah it
0: sounds totally... like a pbs special with like you know michael buble comes out and he has the whole <laughs> string section and and like... literally, literally,
1: <laughs> it was like a Les Mis co- like 25th yeah, yeah. anniversary concert like what, yeah. are, what are you thinking
0: oh my god so
1: i don't know i was really committed to that idea i had all these ideas and thank god it you know it's funny because my first one ended up being so successful but i think it's because yeah i I knew enough to start small. And then oh. I think like my second time around or third time around, I was like, oh, go big or go home, baby. I got a little yeah. cocky. <laughs> and then it ended up being a crazy fiasco. So I learned a lot from that. But yeah, I think like starting small, small scale, it's eat stuff, you can manage that stuff better. And like, yeah. you're, you know, as your own producer, you're have not only are you creating your budget, you're the point person communication-wise between yourself and the venue all the musicians all the performers if you have other performers the photographer if you have one whoever else the audience it's a lot of it's a ton of time and a ton of communication and a lot of emailing as you know and texting yeah i know that you know um it's 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 really hard so the more people you add the harder you're making it on yourself. So if it's not necessary, then pare down as much as you can. Um, Cause you're just, it's going to make it more quality. Like yeah. honestly, quality over quantity in this, in this um, case is definitely true.
0: What one thing you just made me think of was with bands. So I'll share, you talked about money. I'll share money on that too. Uh, just to give, but and it will continue to go down this rabbit hole because it's like everything <laughs> has like three subtopics that's attached I to it. With with band members, the key thing that helped was, number one, as you said, I was introduced to, uh, I used a band that basically band members that, um uh, what's their name? M- Minaj, you know, our friends oh, use. Yeah. So band members that I had seen perform before before, yeah. and they had performed together before. And even though I think I, I worked with multiple of them on multiple projects as time went on, and it wasn't always the same group, but they would always, like you said, they, if we needed, um if we needed a guitarist, they knew someone that they had played with before. And so um I would, I think there was times I had a three-piece band or a four-piece band and Whenever we did this, though, it was easier to navigate this stuff because, like, it was almost like they came as a team. You know, I didn't have to worry about them quite as much as, like, nine. If it was nine individuals who had never played together before, that would be a nightmare. That would be a nightmare.
1: One million percent. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yes (laughs) I agree and have had the exact same experience exact same experience so yes my first show I had Garrett and then I had like two friends who knew each other and played together in a band all the time and that worked beautifully and then um the second show I did was um oh it was actually a really cool venue in Brooklyn uh oh god I don't remember what it was called. Oh. Wow.
0: Oh, do uh-huh. I know? No, I don't. Oh shoot. So
1: it was so cool. It was it was a holiday show mm-hmm. and it was freaking awesome. I don't remember the name of the place, but it was great. And um I asked Matt Pat for refer- for references for musicians. I was like, I need musicians and he I had my my music my music director slash pianist. ready to go but then i didn't have a drummer or a guitar or a bass or any of that Mm. and he was like actually i have like a ton of bandmates they all play together all the time and they know each other and they play really well together and they work really well together and they're really nice guys i'll give you all their their contact information these guys i just sing their praises forever because they are just like matt said So incredibly nice. They get their shit done. They care a lot. They're really enthusiastic. And they love playing together and they enjoy each other and they really genuinely are passionate about the music. And so I've used them a bunch of times for other projects. I always have them in mind for everything. Um, and then later on when I did Woman Crush Wednesday, mess. As I said before, everybody was just a random, like, you know, you can get recommendations and everybody can be a fantastic performer, but coming together, if they don't communicate in the same way it's not going to be fluid it's just going to feel it felt like everything felt like pieced apart you know
0: oh so uh, i i'm getting stressed thinking about navigating <laughs> yeah. that. you know honestly the other thing you're so the other thing i'll say is um So you talked about you had talked about dollar amounts, but and to be fair, it was, um, you know, for fundraisers. So, yeah, that's like a different situation Um, when uh, and these numbers are probably low because of inflation. (laughs) But, you know, but. um, I. uh, Let's see, I think I would most of my shows were with one pianist and that would usually be uh 250. Mm-hmm. So it might have varied. I think I I tried a couple different things, but yeah. 80 90% of the time 250 bucks and uh-huh. a key factor in that would be three rehearsals cuz that's also part of what you're yeah. paying for is their time. Yes. Um and I'm curious to hear about that from you, but then mm-hmm the bigger shows i would usually do i think it i think it was the same i think it was 250 for a band member and then like you said if there was a band i'd pay the band leader an extra 50 bucks so they'd get like 300 bucks right, right. and yeah. so just right i mean just to stop on that for a second if you have a four piece band everyone's getting 250 that's 1000 bucks and then you're paying an extra 50 bucks to the band leader so that's 1050 uh so if you're selling twenty dollars a ticket you need to sell what is that fifty two and a half tickets just to break even on the band and that's not even paying any sort of venue fees or yep. the singers or whatever it's insane um it
1: is.
0: but i would always try what i would always do in terms of rehearsals like and that's part of the price and the budgeting is uh those dollar amounts for the band singers are different. Uh, and th- yeah, three rehearsals. And um, well, I guess I could touch on the singers real quick. Usually for a a, a backup singer, quote unquote, backup uh-huh. singer, or like featured artist who might do a yeah. duet or something. I think I would usually pay them like 75 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then I think you oh, also the band members, I would give a comp ticket to um oh
1: that's nice yeah
0: but then the but then the singer the if there was a whoever the background singer slash featured performer was it, it might have been 50 bucks if they were just doing like two songs um yeah. i would also ask them to not do three rehearsals but i would ask them to go to like two
1: sure sure yeah
0: because the first one is just the band figuring shit out
1: Right. right right right
0: so i'm curious yeah. about rehearsals yeah number of rehearsals for you
1: yeah, I think it's about the same yeah. as you. Um, let's see. Generally, it's been um, it's varied because of, again, the sort of like size of these shows.
0: Um, yeah.
1: Have, have varied, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> uh, <laughs> stupidly. Your but, next um... show
0: is going to be like featuring the London <laughs> Symphony Orchestra. <laughs>
1: yes exactly oh my god so nuts so funny in retrospect so hilarious and that night oh my god I was so stressed out anybody (laughs) who's in that show or was even attending that show could tell you I was running around so so visibly stressed and that night I said goodbye to everybody and then I made my best friend meet me at a bar down the street and I just wept
0: oh no (laughs)
1: I'm Like that was so hard. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Oh my god, you poor thing." Um, so it won't be like that next time. But the first time, again, I, I think it was about the same. I paid Garrett, I think, somewhere between two fifty and three hundred bucks. Um, and I think we met also three times for rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one, I always like to do this. Or, since since then, he's really kind of guided me. But I, I, I put together I gather together all my uh, sheet music mm-hmm. organize it and I kind of bring it to him and over the course of an hour we like you know rent a studio and we just go over like here is the layout of what I'm, I'm thinking of mm-hmm. he's like okay cool we have the layout Um and then we sort of adjust it and then we have a second rehearsal just the two of us um, where we sort of fine-tune it and then generally the third is putting up uh, the other pieces the other band members and the other elements together um i first woman crush wednesday with the nine piece band insane the saxophone and everything um we did there's a place called michiko studios which i just found out like i went under apparently they didn't make it um hmm. i didn't realize that but it was a really cool place because they had um, everything you needed for a big band, all the, uh, plugins and the hookups and the wires and the speakers and everything really cool place. There's a, a similar place. There's other places in the town like that, but I really liked this studio. Um, so I had a rehearsal where I brought all the band in just the band, no singers. Mm. Um, and mm, I helped run the rehearsal along with the music director with just the band going over the music in the proper order chronologically, we went over it. I kind of sang through all the songs, talked through any cuts or whatever. And then the next time we'd meet would be adding singers. And I would yeah. give the singers slots to come in to do their music. Generally, yeah, I would say three. I think for singers, I would only do, I think one one rehearsal plus the sound check. Mm -hmm. um but i think for other for musicians band members it would be uh, three so about the same
0: yeah um yeah side note i i'm remembering some 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 lessons i learned where um like it's good to when when communicating with these different people involved to be clear on like Cause there were initially I'd be like with the singers, like, Oh, maybe, you know, maybe you could come to this one and, but you really need to be that one. And do you think like being casual about where they need to be um, oh, yeah, or if, good. or on the opposite side, if they're like, Oh, I think I can make that. Cause I had times where you have that conversation. And then when it comes time for that day and they said oh they're gonna try and make it and then they say oh like i had someone flip it on me where they're like oh i told you i couldn't like i'm not available that day It's <laughs> just like all right well we'll do our best without you i guess um
1: right right uh, right that
0: was like a that was like a a, a background person but uh so it wasn't yeah. total loss but it was like it'd be nice if you were here um, right that was just one of the, yeah. The communication is tough with all these people. That is
1: definitely the hardest part without a doubt, hands down.
0: It's a nightmare. It's really
1: yeah. Because a lot of people don't, they won't respond. You have to hunt them down and hound them. and you know, I learned, I've learned over time, like, again, I'm going to just bring up women crush Wednesday was a great example. Cause there were a lot of women I reached out to, um, knowing a lot of them would either like not respond or say, I don't want to, or I'm not available. Yeah. And if, if it was like a, maybe they're not in Yep. only because I'm like, I don't have the time to waste. So if you're not, yes, 100%, then you're not doing it.
0: Uh, Yep. I agree. And, um, God, what'd you just make me think of? Yeah. It's like there, uh, And I feel like sometimes people feel like I'm a little aggressive on this topic, but like when I work on other projects and people are on the fence about like, well, what, maybe I'm like, no, listen, I can't like, I'm, I'm i am not going to give you any leeway on this. You have to tell me if you can commit to this or not. Like, cause otherwise, you know, it's a lot of time
1: and money. Like,
0: and this is why most people don't do it is because it is so difficult and like there you're, you're basically doing it to break even just for the experience. And it's like, yes, It sometimes it can be very fun and rewarding. And then sometimes it's just like, wow, I just put up with all the shit so everyone else could have fun.
1: Exactly. It's exactly, which is why, (laughs) which is why now I, I mean, there's a reason people pay attention just within the industry in general Hiring people who are good to work with and you can rely on and depend on, Mm -hmm. who are like good communicators and clear, it makes a humongous difference. And those people are going to get the job over the like bitchy, rude, shitty people who think they're more entitled or what or you know, then it's like, okay, well then you're you're not gonna get the job.
0: You've made you made know? me, you're making me think of two things and it's so true. People totally underestimate, they overestimate how important their talent is and they underestimate yeah. how important their skills as a human being are. Cause yes. I remember um, when I was filming non uh I was on set with um, Paul uh-huh. and or, I it, yeah, I can say his name. <laughs> I was like, Is this a bad story? It's not a bad story. He um, I remember we were talking we were just hanging out on set and I made a comment about how some of our mutual friends, like I got so many little, you know, people like to jokingly prod sometimes. and so I, I would have people, you know, we have all these performer friends, and so I'd get okay. people who would jokingly prod at me and be like, Oh, like you should have cast me. Why didn't you cast me? Wow. blah blah. blah. Uh-huh. And I made it, I mentioned it to Paul and he's like, well, you know, like, yeah, people have to, like, they weren't, they weren't necessarily right for the part. And I, which is what people, which is what most people think is just like, if you're either right for the role or you're not. And I said to him, because, you know, now being on the producing side instead of, cause I yeah. used to think that too, that that's all it was. Yeah. But what I, but what I said to him was, I also had to pick who I could be in a room with eight out for eight hours yes. for like yes. there, are, there are some people I just, you can't set, you're not allowed to set foot on my set. Especially. No matter how, no matter how great you think you are. I just don't care.
1: Exactly. I, you
0: I don't it, have you bring patience. the thing down.
1: Mm-hmm. You make it miserable and not worth it. And because you and I are doing projects in this part of our lives where we're still, you know, in just in the beginning where like our projects are not um you know yielding these massive profits. They're generally out of the passion and love we have for the idea and yeah. the arts. And um it's like, well I really don't want to be working with someone who is annoying or rude or like doesn't respect my time. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, it's really not worth it because I'm not even making money off of this. I'm doing this like for the joy. Um so it's you know yeah it's so i don't know i've you know i remember i always remember the people i'm thinking a lot about like musicians especially i'm all like i'm singers like i always like you remember those people who are really great to work with who are fun and easy and clear good communicators and mature and and enthusiastic genuinely enthusiastic about what they're doing and are happy to be a part of the thing just because they they like having the opportunity to perform there's those people are the people you remember and you always say oh my god like i cannot tell you how many times i've given the names of these musicians to my friends and people reach out to me a lot saying do you have like a good drummer or a good guitarist do you have a good level yes and and i am so excited to share their info and then they're so happy that i shared the you know it's so I think being um uh, nice, yeah, is really invaluable, more than people ever realize.
0: And and also just on time, prepared. On time. That's a whole prepared. other thing too. Like, and yeah. um, oh my gosh, um, yeah, uh, like, yeah, um, people don't understand how important that because then it's like yeah with those ba- like the band members i've worked with it's like i don't have to worry about them like i know yeah. they're going to show up and do it um actually yeah. like i mentioned paul like that was like you know i hadn't worked with him before nine neck but that was one of my takeaways was like great i like he showed up he was ready he took yep. direction like don't need to worry about it like, <laughs> yeah it's not exactly. like he's he wasn't like you know um uh you know i've had other projects where there are people who are not prepared they're joking around um and what makes it worse is that when you are the enforcer where you're like okay we need to focus it's like oh john like is is anti-fun it's like well no john is anti (laughs) doing shitty stuff like we're here yeah we need to do it
1: yeah right right exactly um I agree. It needs to be a balance. It has to be a balance between professionalism and, like, efficiency and getting it done. Like, we've got to get the thing done. You know? And also, also, like, fun. Um, It can't be just one or the other.
0: Um, And you can totally have fun and still do all the professional stuff.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. A million percent. But
0: Actually, Oh, sorry. Here you go. No, that's why I
1: have nothing.
0: There's a little. There's well. There's like a slight delay in the connection. I think so. It's like I, I um, don't. I don't mean to talk over you. Um, right. like a great example uh, of another one of our friends is Bruiser, who uh-huh. like you know I did Krampus with him multiple years and yes. like that holiday show was always so difficult for a number of reasons yeah and I remember get. I think it was the year you were in it that when we like you know we do like the little the little pre-show like you know yeah. here's here's a little gift for everyone I, I, I remember saying uh, to him yeah. like I remember saying to him like dude I I realized today that amidst all the chaos I never have to worry like you're always just so dependable he's Solid. nice he's I mean and that's a great example because he is like One of the craziest wackiest people in the world but it never ever
1: gets in the way
0: affected anything we were ever working on
1: i have had the exact same experience with bruiser and i've worked with him on multiple things um yeah he actually is my like partner in helping megan put on her show oh cool megan asked me and zach to help and the, we have met up a bunch of times and we had to film this video thing um, and we got it done so efficiently in yeah. with time to spare and we laughed and had fun the whole time and uh, he, you know, made a movie or is in the process of editing right now and yeah. uh, I was in that and it was one of the best days I ever had and it was also so well done, well managed so yeah, he's He's a perfect example because he you would never associate him with the word rude or boring or nasty. He is so incredibly nice and pleasant to be around. And he is a really great worker. Like, it's Mm -hmm. true. You never have to think about it. And as people who are self starters, who are are trying to put up these massive projects that are pretty thankless and. Again, yields not a ton of profit or or much at all. It's really we're just doing it for the fun of it and for the pure enjoyment of it. It's like we don't need to be stressing out about more elements already. It's already a ton of work that we're volunteering, you know. Um, And so you don't. The last thing you need is to be worrying about if somebody's going to show up or have their shit together.
0: And you, this is making me think about how the hardest scariest time is when you're first working with someone for the first time. But then once you get past that, it becomes incredibly easy because like, I think about band members who I worked with multiple times. It was just like, I mean, produce it. That's why I did so many shows was because after like every time you're doing something for the second time, it's just like, it's so easy. It's just, you're on autopilot. Yeah. Um, it's like and 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 so that's another reason why you should get the like do the first show because then you then you have like you have the skill now and you have the relationships where you can Mm -hmm. uh, you know it's like if I uh if if I need an actor like Paul or Bruiser it's like there's no like I don't uh, there's no question of like oh how's this gonna work out it's just like I know exactly what I'm getting.
1: Exactly. And, like, and I, that's I, I really. I can depend on them. Yeah. You need and you need that foundation of community. And you have and in order to build that, you have to start somewhere. I mean, it's not gonna come from nowhere. If you have no experience working with anybody on any of these things, then you'll never have anybody to pull from or like mm-hmm. um any resources. So it's I I know, you know, from experience that approaching your very first one person self-made project is very daunting and the anticipation can be so extreme but until you just dive head first in you never will do it and it's you've got to start somewhere you can't start nowhere and you can only ever do another show and make it better by learning from the first one so um it's an ex- it's an experience and you know what it's like i don't think anything is ever a complete disaster i feel like no. with all like at this point i've done like a handful of shows and i none of them i don't regret a single one of them even my crazy mm-hmm. nine person <laughs> like band thing that was a mistake but a lot of great came out of that um and everybody there's enjoyment in all these shows at least to some degree. Even if it's not like a massive success all around, there are little successes to celebrate no matter what project you're putting on, inevitably.
0: Yeah. Um, what's next in the process? So we got the band. Um, do you Yeah, I talked a little bit about singers. Um, I think and also kind of what you're talking about, um, I think if someone is a singer and they want to do their own show, they can. Oh, the other thing I would say is I think you always need people, someone else there to discuss things with. So like if I was producing for a singer, like we would be each other's sounding board. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think if someone was trying to self-produce, they, I would say they need someone there. Like a director they can... or- yeah. Yeah, a director or a producer or both who can be like very honest about you know giving feedback.
1: Yeah, objective. Um,
0: and and also possibly help. Maybe like carry yeah. some of the load with like scheduling or, um, yeah. you know the the scheduling is like scheduling is like when um, you're with a group of friends and no one wants to decide where to eat or or like yeah hey, should do, should we all get together? Yeah, okay. Uh, when? When are you free? Uh-huh. Suggest yes. some time. They'll be like, give me some suggestions of times. And then it's like, well, how about these three days? No, I'm not available those days. And then it's just, that's, what, that's the worst is when you say, hey, are you available next Wednesday? And they just say, no.
1: Nope.
0: Okay, can you okay. offer an alternative? Can you yeah. say, no, but I'm available. Like, that's what you're doing for yeah. like a month. That's awful. I know. <laughs> it's brutal. It's brutal.
1: And I feel like oftentimes- it's probably, it tends to be people who've never done what we're doing. Yeah. Um, They just don't have a clue as to like how this works. It's like, yeah. but it, again, if you've done something like this, you understand yeah. how annoying and difficult and tricky it can be coordinating everybody's schedules. So I don't know, it helps to just have that under your belt for perspective.
0: Yeah. Um. What about, gosh, we've been talking a while about this. Um, I know. What, it's good, though. What about, like, um, oh, I just got your text message from the, uh, you're updating Zoom. Oh, um, <laughs> um, and what do you do, like, on the artistic side for these shows? Like, I used to just, I mean, I used to brainstorm with the person and, you know, yeah. If, is there an overall theme also like what songs are best with the band that we have? So if we're going to just do piano, what works for that? Or, mm-hmm. you know, if it's four piece band and you're doing some song, that's like very, I don't know, electronic, like, will it translate? Um, right.
1: Totally.
0: Do you have background singers to add good harmonies? Yeah. Um, yeah. This and
1: has then, been. Um...
0: like how things flow together from like, that was one thing I used to do was like, come up with all the songs that that person wants to sing and then see yeah. if you could which ones are not good for the band which ones maybe are too similar and kind of yeah. cr- cancel each Save other out same thing yeah. and then i would also listen to them back to back like in order and be like exactly. does this yeah. actually flow
1: i do the same exact thing mm. so that everything you're talking about creatively that's my favorite part yeah of the process that's like why i do it and i assume why most people do it is like putting it together like it's an art project crafting it crafting the show is why i do it i absolutely love putting something together yeah. um so yeah and that's been a major thing that i've been working on with megan that i will say not to pat myself on the back that is a strength that i have i'm good at like i'm good at crafting a show i think generally i have a good like sense of showmanship and maybe it's just because i've been i've been doing this form of art for my entire life i think i just have the experience and i think i do have like a natural kind of knack for it but um i did get help i definitely got help with that the first time I learned a lot from Garrett. Again, Garrett Taylor is a really awesome music director and teacher. He, um, like, so I got together with him, and and I also recommend when you're hiring or appointing a music director, making sure it's someone that you're comfortable with, who you who you know, who you've worked with before, and you really trust, because that's a relationship. It's gonna be the most the person you probably talk to the most besides like. I guess your director, Um, but for me, the music director is really super important. It needs to be um, either someone who comes, if not like very highly recommended to you, who Mm -hmm. others who you know have worked with, who you feel comfortable with, who you've established a relationship dynamic with, who you've like been in a room with on a project. That has helped me a lot. With the in the past with like working with music directors. Um, specifically Garrett Taylor is one of them and Lily Wask is another. The two of them I had like worked with before and felt really, really comfortable with them um, and trusted their opinions and they're really good at what they do. Um, and I knew they were going to like put me in the right direction. Um, so with Garrett, the first time we met for my 30th birthday show, I brought like you said, I like brought my list of songs in the order that I thought was right. And I um, brought all the sheet music. We kind of played through it, sung through it. And he was like, okay, just like you said, he's like, these two songs, you don't need both of them. Um, I think this one is stronger and let's get rid of this one. Or I would say, I would even come up and say, I want to do this and this, but they're so similar. And I don't know how to fix that. He's like, well, we can do a mashup. We can like meld them together. That was like, whoa, my mind was like so blown. (laughs) And now I've, since I've done that for every single show, now I'm I'm always coming up with like ways to put different songs together. I think it's so cool. And, um, And yeah, and then the order, he really helped me with order. I think that this is something at the diner that I think about a lot as far as like showmanship and like putting on a show, I am not an MC and I, I I don't have that in me at all. But when it comes to like song order, I always am just paying attention to who is singing what and what was just sung and who what's... When people sing ballads back to back, I'm like, it, yeah. it it's like a feeling goes up my spine. It just mm-hmm. makes me crazy. Cause I'm like, guys, do you have any awareness of what's happening around you and we're doing this for the audience like the odd the people here at this it's diner, about the
0: experience yes yeah
1: you've got to keep their them in mind they're what they are what matter they yeah. are the people that you should be thinking about and worrying about so when people even at the diner it's like who, it's the diner who cares it's still like why would you sing a ballad, a contemporary musical theater ballad, when someone just sang a contemporary musical theater ballad? It makes absolutely no sense to me. It drives me absolutely crazy. Whereas, you know, if someone has just sung Think of Me from Phantom of the Opera, I'm gonna sing a Jackson Five song or a pop mm-hmm. song on the radio by Megan Trainor. Like it's you have to have variety for ear, just even for ears. Otherwise, people are going to completely zone out. You cannot be hearing and seeing. The same thing over and over for 10 minutes straight. It doesn't work. And it's just not fun. It's not fun for people um, or interesting for people. And especially if you're putting on a a show for an hour where you're the the sole performer or main performer, you've got to think of the way this is going to flow. And that, like you, I love it. One of my favorite parts of putting a show together is putting my playlist together of all the music i get so excited yeah and then it's all i listen to for like two three months is like these songs right and then sometimes i'll be like no no no. you know what this needs to go after here or this needs to go before that this sounds better actually now that i've listened through all of it and it also depends on how like you said you want it to sort of flow dialogue wise or story wise yeah why are you singing this why are why are you saying this? What does this have to do with that? And how is this going to flow from one to the other? It has to make sense. It can't just be, and here's this, and here's this song, and here's it. That's not anything. Nobody needs that or wants that in the world. Um, you've got to be saying something that is useful and is has a relative sort of semi-storyline. Even if it's loose, it's got to going somewhere needs to take a journey in some way
0: i so yeah yeah i i think um one thing i would try and do was every like you have to earn your ballads you know it's like you have to do you you kind of have to do like two to three build it Uh, it's like it's like a music festival where it's like it's like they they just like building the tension and then release it yeah and you have to do that it's with like that. two to two to three, two to three like hype up the crowd. Yeah. Or it's like think of it. I also think of it as like if you like a high school dance and they have the slow songs and it's like yeah. And it's like gives you a second to catch your breath because you were just going crazy with your friends exactly. for the last like ten that to fifteen too. minutes, and so you need the right. audience to like. I mean, really, you really just want to, and you want it to be fun. Um yeah. You want it to be a party. And then like, that should be the driving force. In my opinion, that the driving force should be like getting the energy up and having a party. Yes. And then it's like, okay, let's take a breath, you know? Yes. And relax, take a sip of your drink and listen to this beautiful ballad.
1: And that it's, it's so true. Keeping that momentum energy wise up, like the energy up, 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 up beat for the sake of, the show for the sake of audience's interest for the sake of the performer and then taking it back where all of a sudden yeah let's take a breath we're gonna change the energy a little bit here because people the audience needs that and the performer needs that and above all it's it it is more um effective like your the message is more effective because you've earned it like you said like you have invested all this time in in connecting with the audience energy wise getting them up to your level getting them excited and invested and interested and then now that I have your attention now I'm going to give you this personal intimate mm-hmm. song that has a different message and then it's like okay now we need a break from that like introspective thing. Let's have some, like a moment of comedy where we get to laugh and then like exhale. This is stuff I think a lot about. Yeah. And I'm, again, not tooting my own horn. I just think like, as a person who's been in a lot of shows and who's seen a lot of shows and likes to be in the audience, I know what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I think that that has been why my pieces have been successful because I really, really, really enjoy that process. And, you know, even growing up, like in high school, English was my favorite subject. I loved writing essays. I was like a total nerd about it. I love like crafting an essay and doing an intro and a body and a conclusion. Like I am so into that, just storytelling in general. So putting together a show is a really fun experience for me. And I don't know that it comes- Yeah, it's the best part by far and i don't know i guess i'm learning that not everybody finds it as easy and some mm-hmm. people need a little bit extra help i mean not everybody loves to write an essay not everybody likes they like to perform but they they don't love the experience of making making it better or, or rather it doesn't come as easily to them
0: right right well and you know the artistic stuff people, I think the biggest thing though, is the reason why people don't do it is because they let the, they let the emails and the scheduling get in the way. Cause they'll, they'll, like everyone thinks they, I think, cause I think there's actually a lot of people who think that they probably would go to one of our shows and be like, Oh, I could do that better. Or they should have done this. They should have done that. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't because it. you weren't willing to send ten emails, or you weren't That's willing right. to deal with the scheduling issue.
1: You know what, John? Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Because I have experienced that a lot of times from, you know, co- I'm not going to name names, but like a lot of coworkers that we know, or people that mutual friends of ours that we know, yeah, like, are really super critical and judgmental of like. I've heard people say things about some of the stuff I've put on and I'm like, well, why don't you go fucking cook something on? no, I've no never shit. seen you do anything. So if you think you can do such a great job, then why don't you go ahead and do it? It really annoys me. i like, at least I'm trying and putting something out there. I'm not sitting around yeah. saying, well, that sucked. You know,
0: it's the total expression of like, um, yeah what is it it's easier to throw it's easier to throw bricks at a house than build it or whatever there's something like it's like
1: you know it's easier to tear things down than build them
0: up or actually like to actually do it
1: i mean i guess it's made me also notice just people people in general being so critical and judgy like in general i'm like like, do you really think you could do better? If you can, then by all means. But, like, otherwise, do it <laughs> the fuck up. Yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. Uh, it's so bad. weird how, going back to what we were talking about with, like, you know, having people that you can work with. And it's just the whole journey of producing stuff makes you realize how quintessential it is to just, like, not be a negative force just being like you don't and I actually don't think like now based on my experiences I don't like you want you obviously want people who are you know positive and supportive and outgoing but even if people are quiet and just show up and basically do anything but be a negative or yeah. a de- 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 detracting force like that gets you ahead of like that that puts you up ahead of like yeah half the people out there or more
1: yeah it's so true cuz you're just kind of you're just kind of wasting time digging yourself into a hole
0: it, yeah i mean i'm not going to stick around for it i mean i don't know like they can <laughs> it's like
1: not many people are and i think maybe it just comes from insecurity like it's just this like sitting a a, a horse like judging what other people are doing it's like well that's great <laughs> um, i yeah it's like we're not going to waste our our time on on people like that it's so true it does be just yeah not putting bad energy into something
0: yeah
1: is very uh very important
0: very valuable
1: very valuable
0: yeah um trying to think gosh so we've talked about venues and budgeting and scheduling and rehearsals we can talk about
1: social media
0: oh yeah like how to how to market it how to market a show yeah yeah um, what you you go first what what's worked for it's you? it's
1: Not my best forte
0: first. Of all. It's hard. it's not <laughs> it's
1: I just know that it's really important now where we're in right now in the time that we're living in. and uh it's become really important um in our lifetime. like we've we're we're a generation that has seen it literally just like manifest into yeah. itself and now even you know, about four years ago, I deleted my social media accounts because I was like, I think this is taking over my life and I don't think it's healthy and I think it could be really toxic. I'm spending too much time on here. I'm going to get, I deactivated my Instagram account. And then I remember sitting on an alumni panel at my college a year or so later and uh, there was a guy sitting on the panel who was a casting director at a pretty reputable office And he talked to the kids about how important social media presence is as an actor. And I was sitting there thinking, Oh my God, what have I done? I've, I've wiped away what I guess is really, I can't avoid it. I, even if I'm not into it and it's not my thing, I have to sort of succumb to it. Mm -hmm. So I started over and uh, I'm just trying to use it for, for good to like, for better, again, for exposure uh, marissa's brother marty is really good at that stuff mm-hmm. and he he turned me on to a a website called canva do you know canva i don't know it's really good canva is awesome oh
0: canva I, I, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, i know i know it is
1: yeah i sent megan to canva it's like it's really also super user friendly and like they have all these formats and stuff and you can make things for your grid and I didn't know there's a difference between your grid and like the story and their different formats. Oh, and yeah. Oh my god. You know, we have to become our own graphic designers on top of everything else. So Yeah. Um coming up with that stuff takes time. I try to put stuff out, I don't know, starting a month in advance or so. Yeah. It's not my best thing, but I try. I try. <laughs>
0: i i think so okay this is making me think of a couple things when it comes to social media i think i've i've tried many things um and i think the most important thing is using social media to tell a story um and i'm not talking about some carefully curated story but just to be like literally anytime you're in rehearsal going on your Instagram story and be like, here we are at Shetler Uh studios or here we are at downtown or we're checking out a venue because it put like, it literally is the best way to get on people's minds rather than if you're just putting like a show poster out there, like that's That's not a show poster. You got to have it, but
1: it is not nearly as
0: interesting. Yeah. People. And if you get people in it where it's like, Oh yeah, we just worked on these mashups and like, oh, are they gonna work? I, I hope so. And then right. it's like people get emotional. They're like, oh my gosh, are the mashups gonna work? I have to That's go to the show, you're or like, so right. or or like, um, yeah, Sips just heard, posting heard, still, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like just you don't have anything. You you have so much to gain like inter- by posting. It's
1: more, you're right. You're so right. I guess I never thought of that, but
0: you because are I want right. to see it. Like if you like, yeah. I. Like I maybe I've been missing it, but like, I don't think I've seen anything about Megan behind the scenes. Like but I, I'm going to the show. I would love to see it and be like, yeah. Okay. Like, Oh, she's at rehearsal totally. right now. That's yeah. so cool. Like I'm getting excited for the yeah. show or like, Oh, and now Morgan and Bruiser are there helping out like, Oh, cool. Like they're involved. Yeah. Like it just, yeah. it adds so much to it. And then it, it,
1: it's intriguing. to see. And that then stuff. when you get yeah. to the
0: show, you already have this whole, like, Backstory to it, where you're like, oh,
1: totally.
0: Have you all been? You know, you're in the audience, like, like, oh, here we go, like, you know, like,
1: yeah, it's like this anticipation, almost like,
0: like you've seen the
1: trailer to the movie or something, yeah, or like, yeah, that's such a good point. That's so true, John. You're right.
0: Um, but then another thing that this, and another thing that this made me think of though was, like, ticket sales. Because that yeah. is tough. Yeah. And I think, again, you mm-hmm. sell tickets not necessarily based on your talent. It's based on how you make people feel. Yeah. So Yes. if you are the most talented person in the world and everyone thinks you're an asshole, you're not going to have people show up to your show.
1: No. If
0: you are mediocre but you make everyone feel amazing they're gonna come support you you're right and that is something that you can't change with social media you can't change it with emails you can't change yes. it with asking people nicely like hey i know we haven't always been close but will you spend 30 dollars to see my cabaret and then there's a two drink minimum not uh-huh. gonna happen they're gonna be no, sick you that can't day
1: fix, you can't fix a lifetime of yeah. treating people like shit yep in a day <laughs>
0: um the other thing that you thought you made me think of was you know post starting to post about a month out um yeah I think it made me think of something because I think you can post you can start posting is whenever but I do think the week of you got to be posting like once a day Yeah. you gotta because it's astounding how there will be people who just won't see it like you know if you know if you have like you know, most people will see it, but there it's, they're going to be, there's going to be someone who's like, you know, Oh, I don't feel like social media this week or, you know, or like, and then they see it at the last minute. It's like, Oh shit, this show's happening. Um, I know I've also found a good rule of thumb is that from the time a show, this is, these are rough percentages in terms of when you actually sell your tickets. Mm-hmm. I would say that from the time a show is announced up until the week before a show, that's uh-huh. that's about the twenty th- time. I say the, that's yeah, about twenty five percent of the tickets you're going to sell in the that, it, last that could be a week, right before the last week. That could be, that's like a quarter of the tickets
1: a quarter yeah so
0: like if so we'll use megan as an example i could be wrong well megan has a lot of people who love her so it might be a higher number for her but i would assume that you know if her show was a week from today about a quarter of the ticket sales will have already happened but i'm guessing that number is probably like double that for her but um then i would say the week of up until the week of is another quarter and yeah. then
1: the day the, of
0: the day before is a quarter and then the day of yeah. is about a quarter
1: yes you are 1000 percent correct
0: yeah i think it's
1: astonishing
0: the only way that those numbers shift is if there's high demand and people hear that that's starting to sell out and yeah. then it all moves forward but it's like it's so nerve-wracking because that means you're selling about 50% of your tickets in the last 48 exactly. hours.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like, yep. People decide, Oh yeah, I'll go to that, that day. It, it's so true. Can't stress enough how correct that is.
0: <laughs> yep. And it's pretty stressful because you're, because it could like, I mean, think about it. Let's say, um, I'm going to try and keep this simple. Let's say you've spent a thousand dollars on a show and you've you've sold half the tickets you need to break even, and mm-hmm. it's like the the show's in like forty eight hours. Right. In yeah. four within forty eight hours, you could very well either lose five hundred dollars or break mm-hmm. even, and you won't yeah. know because it's going to just yeah. be a crazy forty eight. Like yes. And leading up to that, the week before, you'll probably have only sold like two hundred dollars in tickets. And you're just Mm -hmm. like, shit, I'm about to lose $800. Exactly. And you won't know until the last minute. Until people like walk up and say, hey, do you still have tickets available? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's true.
1: Inevitable. That's just human nature. People mostly don't want to commit until the last minute.
0: Yeah. Um... It's true. And then... um... Yeah. And then there's the show, which is great.
1: And there's the show.
0: I always bring people bottled water. That's one little thing I like to do. Mm -hmm. Just so because everyone I feel like I don't know if it it doesn't sound like this was your experience for the nine piece orchestra. But uh, (laughs) I always feel like once it's like within an hour of the show, I feel like there's nothing left for me to do. And it becomes very it's just like, all right, here we go. Like, I might oh, have yeah. to move some stuff around, but...
1: Well, no, that hasn't been my experience, because I've performed...
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. That's totally all of them. different. So, yeah.
1: it, it is a different experience, you know? Like, I imagine, as, a, as someone who produced other people's shows, like Sabrina's and... Kristen's and Francesca's. Yeah, that makes sense that you'll be sort of that's the cat. (laughs) That you would be sort of like hands off and like, all right, well, I have I I've done it. At that point, you the producer has done all the producer things and there's not much for you to do that last hour. But as a performer, I'm like, okay. (laughs) Now (laughs) I have to run everything, make sure it sounds okay. Yeah, it's that last hour is fucking insane and it goes by
0: so fast yeah
1: it's like oh. time it's like quicksand like, brr,
0: brr, 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 here we go that's true i did crazy. perform in the holiday shows so i do i can yeah. i actually can think of that that was that was yeah. crazy that was probably
1: feels different
0: right it's it's hard to solve problems while you're getting ready to perform oh my
1: god <laughs> it's so intense it's, it's so like, hard yeah the day of is always crazy for me and just feels like an out-of-body experience. And the actual show is usually pretty much an out-of-body experience. Um but also exhilarating and fun and exciting. And then seeing how much fun people have it's always so rewarding. Even the crazy madhouse that was when the Fresh Wednesday with the Ninth piece Band was so rewarding. Every I never regret putting a show on. It's such a good experience. It's so it's so yeah. it's
0: so awesome yeah i mean it leads to it, it, it's such a good it's so it's such a good skill set because like it empowers you like yeah. i could produce like both of us could produce a cabaret or concert whenever the hell we feel like it like there like yes. there's a, i like i have nowhere like i could call i could put together a band and find a venue right right away like right now
1: yeah and that feels really good you're right it is super empowering and it's super fulfilling um to have something that you're working towards and then a final product it's like it's really cool and that's why i personally really do like to hire photographers i've pretty much hired a photographer at every event because i really really like having those memories
0: yeah Uh, that's incredibly important incredibly mm -hmm. important That's something, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think any photos and videos you can snap of anything, rehearsals, whatever, like you're going to love having it after and, and yeah, having proper footage of the concert. I have, I think I have videos of all the shows I was a part of, um, maybe, maybe except like one or two, um,
1: but yeah. I, you know, yeah. I great- wish
0: I had all of them. I wish I had all of them in perfect high definition, like perfectly, yeah. like kind of how we wish all Broadway shows were recorded, you know?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Like you wish yeah. you just had it on file just to preserve yeah. it.
1: It's true. Because every time I look back on that stuff, it's just, there's such fond memories and you learn from it. And... Yeah. And it's true that having the first one under your belt makes all the difference because it really just gives you the set, the skill set based on, on experience to do more and you can only go up from there and only get better
0: yeah that's what allowed me to do the other stuff I've done um yeah like that and that confident. was the whole yeah I mean that was the whole strategy behind it for me too is like I'll produce stuff for other people or small stuff and then i can grow yeah and make bigger things um
1: yeah exactly and
0: um so what what are you doing next after megan's show are you what are you working on yeah i have
1: i have some plans well i'm doing the secret garden in connect at act in connecticut in the spring doing that and then i'm actually helping a friend put together a a production of um, 101 Dalmatians with all kids. very excited about that. And then I think Aaliyah and I are going to produce another woman crush Wednesday in the fall and it'll be a
0: 10 piece band.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. But much more small scale and much different of course, but that's the plan. That's the plan for now.
0: Wait. So when would that be?
1: I think ideally November is the plan.
0: Oh, okay. So that's always away. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to remember why I wasn't at the other one. I don't know if it was because it sold out or because I, I just can't remember. Or if I was, was out of another. town or something, but uh It did
1: sell out, but you really didn't in my in my humble opinion you didn't miss much.
0: <laughs> well, because I also remember on that time I th- I think I I remember texting you something about it, uh and I remember you saying something like you were you were like, "Oh, it's awful." And then I remember talking to someone else about it, and they are like, "Why did she say that?" It was like it was a great show, like it was really fun. Yeah, in so, my it's
1: exactly that's what everybody says. In my yeah. mind, it was complete chaos, disaster. But that's just because I watched it all happen. Yeah. Like behind the scenes, I was you like saw how watching it put together. It felt like it was going up in
0: flames but yeah people seem to enjoy it oh my
1: gosh <laughs> that's what matters
0: well well i mean it's been fun. been quite the conversation this is good i hope people I we'll see if people actually listen to all hour and 45 minutes of that I know, but i think there's some good information in there
1: i think so too and it was fun i love this topic of conversation i think yeah. it's really fun and interesting
0: we either inspired people or scared them. Yeah, they're yeah. just like, oh, fuck all yeah, that. <laughs> um, and I will see you at uh, Megan, Megan show. show.
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: Yeah, thanks for doing this.
1: Thanks, John. It was really fun. <laughs>